2: This is Sex, Lies, and Spray Tans with me, Cheryl Burke, and iHeartRadio Podcast. Welcome to Sex, Lies, and Spray Tans, the Rewatch Series, everybody. You heard me right. Back by popular demand, I will be recapping full episodes every single week of Dancing with the Stars, starting with the very first episode all the way dated back to season one, back in 2005. Also, I wanted to let you know that in case you need a refresher, as I definitely did, we will link the episodes that I'm recapping on at Sex, Lies, and Spray Tans Instagram account. So make sure to follow the podcast. And as always, don't forget to rate and review whenever you are currently listening right now, as this is so crucial in order to continue the podcast and hopefully start being able to film everything so you can actually watch this as opposed to only listening to it. Anyway, enough with all of that, because we've got lots to talk about. Let's time travel back to the very first season of Dancing with the Stars, which debuted on ABC on June 1st, 2005, with only six couples hosted by... Tom Bergeron, and Lisa Canning, and the main three judges who were there from the very beginning, Carrie Ann Inaba, the late Len Goodman, and Bruno Tonioli. Here's a little backstory for you, okay? I remember watching this when I was literally living in a shoebox in Harlem with my dance partner slash boyfriend at the time and thought to myself, oh... (laughs) This definitely won't last past season one, as I thought the general public would possibly think our world of ballroom is super cheesy, but I obviously was proven wrong. I love it when that happens. Anyway, let's just get to it. The premiere episode of season one basically drew over 13 million viewers, you guys, which was at that time the second biggest summer debut ever for an American reality series after Survivor. The cast included Evander Holyfield and his partner, Edita Slavinska, Rachel Hunter and her partner, Jonathan Roberts, Joey McIntyre and his partner, Ashley Del Grosso, Trista Sutter, who we had on, and her partner, Louis Van Amstel, John O'Hurley and his partner, Charlotte. Jorgensen, Kelly Monaco, and her partner Alec Mazzo. So let's just get right to it. The promo started with Tom's famous voice, you know, basically saying that they had five grueling weeks to train before dancing live in the ballroom, which is actually a long time, especially compared to nowadays, where you're lucky if you have two solid weeks to prepare for the premiere. Starting, I believe, I think it was like season three. We even had a longer training period of about six weeks, if I recall. Back then, it was so long that each couple got week one and week two dances ready to go. But what changed the length of our training period actually were all of the injuries that basically slowly started happening as the show continued and certain celebrity contestants that unfortunately never got a chance to compete because of the grueling schedule and how your body is just as you guys know in complete shock as most likely you know people especially celebrities are foreign to ballroom dancing in general and just moving their bodies that way can we talk just uh, really quick as i see these like walk downs happening can we talk about louis louis van amstels long locks that's how i actually you guys remember him from back in our competition days fun fact Charlotta Jorgensen used to help me a lot with my standard dances back during my first few seasons of the show. And she is just honestly highly respected as she was a former world champion with her partner, Andrew Sinkinson. You know, prior to my Dancing with the Stars career, I have to say Charlotta used to judge me a lot in the dance competition world and, you know, would always be a great judge for me, <laughs> to be honest. She is also Danish and she's from Denmark, like my dance coaches were, Alan Tornsberg and Vibeke Toft, who were also world champions as well, but in the Latin category. Anyway, kind of wonder, you know, why Charlotta either was not asked back or chose to no longer participate on the show, but I would love to have her on. Comment on our IG page on sex lies and spray tans and let me know if you'd like to hear from Charlotta or anyone else that I'm about to name. You know, I must say that I actually loved Tom and Lisa Canning's energy together and really love Lisa just as a co-host in general. She was supernatural and relatable. And of course, you know, I love the live orchestra before we had a live band, which you see currently. Shout out to Harold Wheeler and his amazing orchestra. You know, the orchestra really made the show powerful and authentic to actually what bigger competitions are, basically in the ballroom world, right? So especially when competing in Blackpool, which is basically equivalent to the Olympics in our world. Okay, so let's move on to couple number one because boy, do I have lots to say. Couple number one was Joey McIntyre and Ashley Del Grosso. Fun fact, Ashley and I actually used to compete against one another back in our amateur and under 21 Latin competitive days. And her and her amateur partner, I believe his name was John, were the ones to watch. She was, you know, as you saw, if you're a huge fan or if you just saw the footage she was strikingly gorgeous she still is and I'll never forget her pink costume that she wore that was just stunning and super eye-catching whenever we would compete against each other you know they definitely those two Ashley and John they made their mark as youth Latin competitors and as she described herself in the package was definitely known as the quote all American girl for sure these freaking intros to the pros have me laughing out loud okay I I love me some Joey Mac. I used to be a huge fan of New Kids on the Block. I had bedsheets and everything, as did, I think, Ashley, as she expressed in her package. The package was definitely giggly. They were the flirty and cute couple. You can tell that the producers wanted them to be the young, cute, Flirty, two single. I think they were both single at the time. Who knows? Joey Mac, you know, obviously came across super likable as he is in real life. All right, so their first dance. They opened the show. So Joey McIntyre and Ashley kicked off Dancing with the Stars. Wow, so much pressure. They danced a cha 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 to one of Beyonce's songs. Okay, so what a strong first dance for starting out the show in general. Really, this was action-packed. It was full of content. And what was most impressive, I have to say, was that there were no heel leads like at all. You know, Joey really executed great cha-cha locks. His arm extensions were there for the most part. A little too wobbly as far as his upper body goes in Latin as it's really important to isolate, meaning like your upper body versus your lower body, and execute basically, you know, two Two different things. Joey had hip action, but it was hard to see it because his upper body was just way too loose, like kind of like Gumby. If he were to isolate correctly, for example, his hip action in the cha-cha-cha would have been more obvious to the naked eye. Also, when throwing an arm out there, especially in like that New Yorker section that they did... He did it, but again, it wasn't as sharp and precise as it needed to be. But overall, this was freaking solid, dude. Like, I mean, nowadays, this would have been a solid cha-cha, which shows me that the genre of Latin and ballroom in general just never goes out of style, hence why the show is still going strong, in my opinion. You know, I love that Len described what the cha-cha is and what to avoid. For example, he said no lifts, you know, before commenting on their dance. I think that helps refresh the fan's education on what ballroom is. I think that we have, I'm sure Dancing with Stars also has generated so many new fans. I think it's important to establish what each dance is, what if you're going to do a how-to that's pre-tape, that's one thing. Anyway, as you guys know, I don't hear the judge's comments or scores until after I give my own comments and my own score, okay? So I wanted just to first say that I give Joey and Ashley a seven. I forgot to say my score just now before I was going to move on. But anyway, I have to say how young not only does Tom look, but the judges. Holy crap. Carrie Ann looked so sweet and she was so innocent. Even her tone of voice was so soft. Len wasn't as grumpy back then as he was as he progressed through the seasons, which for me, the grumpier Len was always the better. And Bruno, he wasn't as expressive as, you know, as he now is. And the live audience, I have to say, was rowdier and louder, but all in a great way. You guys have to see this episode. They even booed after Carrie Ann's comments. And let me remind you, this all happened, again, the very first episode of Dancing with the Stars, period. I wish the audience was like that now. Back in the day, you know, we went backstage um, to talk to the host, right? And this episode, it was Lisa Canning. So I wasn't a part of season one. But basically, you know, stage right was where the red room was, if you were on the walkway. And it's now considered the skybox, you know, where people run up and then now be interviewed by Julian Huff. And back then it was called The Red Room, which I actually prefer The Red Room as it was way more intimate and it gave like more of the backstage like dressing room vibe with the couples, either like warming up, getting touch ups done or sitting together like as a whole group on the couch while rooting for the other couples who just danced. You know, I prefer what the set of of The Red Room actually looked like even more than when I joined in season two. Um, Maybe the exec should take a look, rewind that footage. I've said this in the past that the order of importance as far as longevity goes on this show, in my opinion, is one, the package. To your interview after the dance, in this case with Lisa Canning, your actual live performance, and then I believe the judges comments and scores. You know, the judges scored Joey and Ashley 7-7-6, which is a 20 out of 30. I actually think that it's fair. And as I scored, I scored them a seven. And it was definitely like a solid score from being the first couple ever to perform on the show and right out the gate. You kind of know if you're if you're first, like when you see the order, like during camera blocking the day the day prior to the premiere, you look at the order of performances. And for a premiere episode on the show, especially if you're first, you know, you're going to either get sixes or sevens unless you are just completely, you know, horrible. But the executives would never open a season of a show with a terrible performance. And if you are last, for example, for a premiere episode, that's always a great sign as they definitely will save the best or one of the best for last
0: Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com.
2: Let's move on to couple number two, Rachel Hunter and Jonathan Roberts. They are dancing a waltz to Lionel Richie. Fun fact, Jonathan Roberts was one of my first ever dance teachers when it comes to the smooth and standard styles of dance of ballroom. He was like my teacher when I was maybe 12 or 13, I believe. And he looked exactly like you saw. In season one, I've always loved Jonathan as he was a very patient teacher, yet still knew what he was talking about. He was almost too patient, hence him and Rachel Hunter's rehearsal package of her acting out a little bit, not being able to like focus. She looked like she was kind of over it, to be honest. You know, their package showed a little tension, which isn't like Jonathan, since I know him on a personal basis. I mean, he's the sweetest guy ever. And this goes to show you the power of the edit when it comes to reality television. Jonathan was definitely joking when he said to camera, can we switch partners while, you know, Rachel was expressing her feelings. Um, And basically, the producers took that and ran with it. And made their whole package after five weeks of training all about that one soundbite from their rehearsals and made that the focal point, basically, of their very first package, which I, I don't know if that I would be a little bit disappointed, I guess. Listen, they have to have they have to create drama. Right. And um, but nowadays, I you know, the very first package is never really a tension package. But hey. It made people watch. All right, so the American smooth genre in itself is where Jonathan Roberts is an expert in. Okay, so him and Rachel Hunter danced an American smooth waltz, not a international standard waltz. I will explain the difference here in a second. I would say out of all the pros, he's the only one still to this day who competed on a professional level in American smooth and holds the title as, or held the title as an American smooth United States champion. So basically... He knows his stuff. You can just guarantee that. I actually think that Rachel executed this dance very gracefully and elegantly. You know, her lines and arms were gorgeous as she really extended her arms to the maximum, even finishing her lines through her fingertips. It literally looked like she was touching and stretching her arms all the way to the opposite side of the room. You know, she used her beautiful body and the length of her arms to her advantage, which was super impressive. And the two of them just looked like they were dancing on clouds honestly i would have liked to see her frame a lot wider though and her transitions a little less steppy and unsure as she danced a I would say maybe too fast, which comes from obviously nerves and adrenaline running through her body. So, you know, she would hit certain parts just way too soon in the music, which made her look unsure and insecure. Her double turns were impressive as she executed them twice in this waltz. You know, the first time at the top of her routine, it was flawless. And the second time though, she tried the double pirouette and lost balance. I also didn't see one heel lead as she was a little too high and her energy was going up instead of going down into the floor, which made her not have enough compression um, or enough bend in her legs as I also barely saw rise and fall. Though I prefer it to be subtle when I, whenever I watch like a ballroom dance, especially waltz, it, it shouldn't look like a cork, like a piece of a cork in the ocean bopping from, you know, up to down, up to down. It's It should be subtle. But when it comes to, you know, it just came across stiff, basically, because there wasn't enough. They sh- they could have added a little bit more of that, you know. But when watching them dance, you know, her nerves, like I had said previously, took her up towards the ceiling instead of where it should be, which is down into the hardwood floor. But if this dance was executed to this day, you guys, this would be still super impressive, to be quite honest. And, you know, I have to be I have to be transparent here. You don't see this type of content or even the quality of movement as much today Which is a shame. All right, so I give Jonathan and Rachel a seven. The judges gave Jonathan and Rachel a 20 out of 30, basically tying in first place with Joey and Ashley Del Grosso. So Len said it wasn't his cup of tea and wanted to see in quotes, more waltz, which what he meant to say, I believe, is more content in actual hold or frame. But in Jonathan's defense, the assignment given was to perform an American smooth style waltz, not an international standard waltz. And in season one and two, from what I can remember, Len wasn't very open to, um, you know, the style of American Smooth, meaning, you know, as far as American Smooth goes, you're allowed to break hold when it comes to international standard, like what they have nowadays with the quick step and the international standard tango being performed on the show. You're not allowed to break hold. So like the the international um, standard dances are very much, you know, competed all over the world. However, back in the day, I'm not saying this is how it is now, because I hear it actually has slowly, you know, Europe has slowly invited this type of style of um, ballroom in. But American smooth and American rhythm was never danced internationally. Okay. Hence the American smooth, American rhythm. However, they're very similar from like someone with no ballroom experience. If you're looking at, you know, these four different styles, right? You've got international Latin, international standard, American smooth, American rhythm. They are very similar. Now, if you had some training or some education on ballroom, you would notice the difference. There's not as much American rhythm offered on Dancing with the Stars as there is a, I would say, 50-50 mix of American Smooth versus International Latin. Now, with all of this being said, Len Goodman comes from the international world. And this was back in the day when they, again, you know, American Smooth wasn't really competed overseas. So, this was season one in 2005. There was no way Len was going to really know about American smooth as much as he had known about international standard, hence why it wasn't his cup of tea. Now, that is just my assumption. I don't know. That just goes past it doesn't go past my assumption. Okay, that's just what I assume. That is the reason why he said what he had said. (laughs) Anyway, I thought it was, again, a solid dance. Great job to Rachel Hunter and Jonathan. Let's move on to couple number three. Heavyweight champ Evander Holyfield and Edita. Oh, my goodness. They're dancing a cha-cha-cha to R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Don't have me sing, though. I just did. Okay. So, basically, Tom introduces us back to the show after a commercial break and said, Welcome back to Dancing with the Stars, another potential new source for America's Funniest Home Videos. Hysterical. And I loved, actually, I prefer the white hair, Tom. Anyway, if you're listening, these introductions to the pro dancers honestly have me laughing out loud like I'm crying. They definitely wanted Edita to be the exotic, as she said, quote, sexual and animalistic dancer of the pros. I actually love the intros to the pro dancers and something that I... I would suggest that they bring back so that any new fans tuning in for the first time is also, you know, they get familiar with who these pros are. It's a shame that they don't do that anymore. So Evander was very heavy on his feet when dancing the cha-cha, which is supposed to be, as you guys know, a light and fun flirty dance, right? There were definitely moments of rhythm though and groove and musicality in his body, which is a shame that Edited didn't incorporate more of. But in her defense, this was the very first season and everyone was so new to it all I mean, it took me what uh, multiple seasons, I would say to finally understand that I had to change my teaching style to fit whomever I was assigned to dance to dance with that season. You know, I expected Evander to be lighter on his feet, though, assuming he needed to be when he was boxing, but I could totally be wrong. He may not be known for that. He also rarely smiled. And I know he was out of his comfort zone, but being an athlete, you'd think he'd put maybe a poker face on. I also would have liked to see him featured more instead of Edita doing tricks, you know, and having him just stand there. It was probably not a great choice, though Edita, of course, is always a vision to look at. I give Evander and Edita a five. P.S. I have to add, I love Bruno in a classic suit. You guys have to watch this episode. I wish he would sport that look every once in a while as he looked so handsome. But of course, I also love the bling and whatever he wears nowadays and whatever makes him happy. All good. You know, the judges scored Evander and Edita a 5-7-6, which is an 18 out of 30. I'm kind of shocked, actually, at Len's score of a 7, to be honest, considering the lack of content. But... Who knows what happened back then? All right, let's move on to couple number four. My girl, Kelly Monaco and Alec Mazzo. They danced a waltz to Whitney Houston. God, I just have to say I love Alec and his hair gelled to his scalp and so shiny that you could actually see your reflection through it. I'm telling you right now. That's what we used to do. He literally went straight from the ballroom dance competition floor, straight on, to the ballroom floor on Dancing with the Stars. You know, I laughed again out loud as during Alex's intro, he basically said with a straight face and most likely meant every single word back then, at least when he said, quote, when I get out there and dance, people will see that I am the best looking guy out on the floor. God damn it. More power to you, Alec. Fun fact for any um, new fans or if you guys haven't heard the story before, Alec and Edita are married and have been for many years now. But before Dancing with the Stars and even before Alec met Edita, to be quite honest, I, my partner and I always competed against... Alec and his whoever he danced with um, prior to Edita I think her name was Vika anyway we always competed against each other in the same category like in my later teens Alec and I both came from the Bay Area and we and had he actually had a dance studio called Genesis in the city of San Francisco where my partner and I would basically train and practice every once in a while when I had my very first competitive amateur partner who resided in the Bay Area as well anyway Alec's mother Natasha used to teach my little Sister Nicole, when my mom forced her to dance when she was younger, and um, she was super young, she was like five or six. And after that experience, unfortunately, my sister never wanted to dance again. (laughs) Anyway, my girl Kelly Monaco is aging. I have to say, like fine, freaking wine. She honestly looks exactly the same as she does now. As you know, general hospital fans will see for themselves. What people may not have known about Kelly before she competed on the show is how she just never gives up no matter what. Kelly is a true professional and has always, in my opinion, put work and her work ethic first before anybody or anything else. Something I have always respected about Kelly is her work ethic along with her discipline, which I saw in their package when she basically expressed to Alec that she recently had blown out her ear drums, scuba diving <laughs> and how she easily gets dizzy and that is a fact I know that about her and disoriented so after trying it repeatedly in the package Alec basically asked if they should just take out the spins altogether and as Kelly was trying to get her equilibrium back to normal she stood her ground and told Alec no we are not taking the spins out the package basically ends with Kelly saying we are doing the spins and I don't care if it kills me at a girl. Can't wait to hopefully get Kelly on this podcast in the next couple of months. So stay tuned. So basically, the announcer at the top of the dance, the man with that English accent that you guys always hear, I think still to this day, said, you know, dancing the waltz, Kelly Monaco and her partner, Alec Mazzo. However, the Whitney Houston song that they danced to, you know, that the orchestra basically sang to the actual, you know, if they would have actually saying to the original tempo, my point is is that they would it would have been a Viennese waltz, not a slow waltz. But clearly, you know, either Alec or production requested that this specific music be slowed down, which is a shame because, you know, they're now going up against Jonathan Roberts and Rachel Hunter, and their slow waltz, which was an authentic waltz, right? So since the waltz was already performed, I kind of wish they would have danced like a Viennese waltz, especially since this specific song needed no edit to begin with. And they were hyping up, hyping it up as far as the story in their package goes, that she got dizzy when spinning in the Viennese waltz, as I thought that was their dance when watching the package. So I was a little confused and since the Viennese Waltz is full of spins I was like oh okay they're dancing a Viennese Waltz oh well anyway I thought the two of them looked amazing together aesthetically for sure and Kelly really brought the character into the dance and told a story through her movement which I'm sure her actual you know job as an actor may have helped but what I love is that at that time I know that she was trying her best to have Alec not take himself too seriously which I now know you know since Kelly is one of my good friends she finally broke into to the Ice King himself and they had developed and most likely still have a great friendship. I would have liked to see Kelly using the floor and her legs a little bit more to create more power and drive from foot to foot as like similar to Rachel. You know, she looked a little too shaky and fragile at times. I also would have liked Alec actually to take better care of her. He stumbled like during her back bend, which goes to show you, you know, that he needed to be more grounded and stable on his feet. But again, I have so much compassion considering this was the first ever episode and first time for everyone as far as dancing live on primetime television goes you know i have a feeling they're going to be best suited as far as kelly and alec goes for the latin style and genre of dances but as i've said before it's not how you start it's how you finish i give kelly and alec a six you know now that I'm watching this, right? Carrie Ann was super harsh. Oh my goodness. And I actually remember Kelly telling me years later when we became friends, basically how Carrie Ann was always kind of hard on her. You know, Carrie Ann said, quote, her reaction to Kelly and Alex, um, Waltz said, but Kelly, I didn't enjoy your dancing. You looked very stiff and it wasn't enjoyable to watch in her soft, sweet voice at the time. I mean, ouch, right? I mean, for a first dance, those are some harsh words, if I may say so myself. I must say, though, that after, you know, the three judges criticized her and criticized her pretty hardcore and more than I've actually ever witnessed to this day with my own eyes, at least, Kelly handles herself with grace and with poise. You know, her Red Room interview with Lisa Canning was amazing. And this short interview most likely was the first seed that was planted in the viewer's eyes watching from home and is what made them champions at the end of the day. You know, Kelly basically said how the judges are entitled to their opinions and praised her pro partner. And I have to say, I don't tell my partners or I never told my partners, make sure you say something nice about me. No, like they're either going to say it or not because they truly believe it. And when they do though, it just makes not only the celebrity look grateful and look good, but it obviously helps with the partnership and it helps with just The audience at home knowing, okay, these two have developed a bond and they really do appreciate each other. And I think that is very important. I think it's important to also since, you know, the show is mainly obviously focused on the stars. It's called Dancing with the Stars. It's very rare. Do the pros who work so hard get shout-outs themselves? Anyway, the judges gave Kelly a disappointing 544, which is a total of 13 out of 30. What in the hell? This is so upsetting. I'm even upset to this day, considering that Evander was definitely not better than them. But again, who knows? Kelly and Alec are now, unfortunately, shockingly at the bottom of the leaderboard.
0: Learn more at meaningfulbeauty.com. All
2: right, moving on to couple number five. There's only two more couples left. We've got John O'Hurley and Charlotta Jorgensen dancing a cha cha cha. John, you know. I have to say, commanded and owned the ballroom floor with just his presence, meaning, you know, each position he was in, whether he was moving his feet or not, he looked so strong and confident in executing everything that he did. I would have loved to see more content as Charlotta basically did most of the actual dancing, though he definitely looked like a leading man. I appreciated their effort in putting in some recognizable basic cha-cha steps like the New Yorker, continuous lock steps, etc. You know, a couple of awkward moments was when he did the New Yorker section. His legs weren't closed, which means his steps were just overall way too big and his execution of his arms whenever he used them wasn't refined enough, meaning his palms of his hands were up towards the ceiling as opposed to the correct way, which are palms down facing the direction of the dance floor. Also, when he was trying to place his hand onto his ribcage, like when doing the locksteps, he had an awkward bend to his wrist where it should be, you know, his palm of his hand laying flat onto his rib cage with energy through the fingertips and just more awareness in general in doing so. You know, the chemistry between these two people, between um, John O'Hurley and Charlotta Jorgensen, definitely, you know it's definitely there. Like they both complement each other in every single way. Charlotta's strength in all of this is like the standard and smooth dances. So I cannot wait to see them both do that style, hopefully in the next couple of episodes, as I'm sure they will do amazing and excel in when it comes to this style more than I think the Latin dances for sure. I give John and Charlotta a seven. You know, the judges seemed to love them and gave them a seven seven six, which is a total of twenty out of thirty, which, as Lisa Canning said, a three way tie with Joey Mack and Ashley, Jonathan Roberts and Rachel Hunter, and now John O'Hurley and Charlotta Jorgensen. You know, his interview with Lisa Canning in the Red Room was so charming. And, you know, as he said, I have the most spandex on out of everybody. And they are the oldest competitors, which right away makes you want to pick up the phone and vote for them. Let's move on to the last couple of season one, episode one. Couple number six, Trista Sutter, who we had on as uh, the very first guest on Sex, Lies, and Spray Tans months ago. So check that episode out. And her partner, Louis Van Amstel, dancing a waltz to Nora Jones. Come away with me. All right, so Louis basically introduces himself as a living legend and he definitely was and I have to say so was his hair his long locks that is you know with a herniated disc that Trista basically said in her package and the level of choreography that was given to her with barely any rehearsal time from you know what she told me during our interview on the pod I would say she did an amazing job. You know, this was the third waltz of the night. And with only six couples, that dance was performed by half of the dancers, which was kind of an odd choice, you know, from the execs, at least, as the waltz, you know, isn't the most entertaining, I would say, dance or upbeat, especially for a premiere episode of anything, right? So as far as their dance goes, I would have loved to see more of a wider frame, which I had said as well for Jonathan and Rachel. But that comes from the male pros, as I've always actually wondered why they don't set their frames wider. You know, maybe they think it's I don't I don't know. Maybe they think it's easier this way, but visually for me at least it looks like way too casual, as if they're just walking through the routine as opposed to exaggerating every movement as you should be in in ballroom dancing in general. You know, I know from taking lessons with Jonathan when I was a teenager that he definitely had a wider frame, but who knows? Anyway, I also think I didn't think that Trista's facial expression You know, with her smiling, almost giggling throughout the dance, match the waltz, let alone their music they dance to. I would have loved to see more chemistry between the two of them. But after interviewing Trista, you know, it all makes sense. Put it that way. Listen to the episode. You know. Look anyway, Trista's spins though were pretty amazing and spot on, which is something Rachel should have seen and I hope and hopefully improved on as the season progressed. I would have liked to see you know more heelies and fluidity through her body, especially when they did the throwaway oversway. As she basically just hit the position, and knowing she had to hold it for quite a while, she kind of it kind of left her with like no more movement. But that could have been the power that Louis gave her, which I love when Louis gives me that type of power when I dance with. but giving that power to your celebrity partner probably isn't the smartest move as they've never done this before. Anyway, all in all, it was a solid performance. I give Trista and Louie a six. Okay, so the judges gave them an 18 out of 30, which made them tie, basically, with Evander Holyfield and Edites Slavinska. You know, taking a look at the leaderboard, there's a three-way tie, basically, at first place, and last place was, unfortunately, which is crazy to me, Kelly Monaco and Alec Mazzo. You know, there was no results show for season one, so the elimination round basically happened the following week in episode two of season one. Okay, well, that's a wrap. I Hope you guys enjoyed this rewatch, and make sure to let me know as you rate and review this podcast wherever you're currently listening to it that basically you can do this multiple times okay so continue to rate and review go to our Instagram page on at sex lies and spray tans to watch this specific episode there will be a link in our bio and don't forget to comment and let me know your thoughts as always thank you guys so much and next week don't forget to join me as I review and recap season 1 episode 2 all I know that made headlines from this season is this Kelly Monaco's wardrobe malfunction let me repeat Kelly Monaco's wardrobe malfunction so stay tuned to find out if episode 2 was where it all happened until next time bye make sure you guys follow us at sex lies and spray tans on our Instagram handle and make sure you comment let me know who you want me to interview what do y'all think let me know
0: slash i heart